Hello, I'm Brett Terpstra, and you're listening to Systematic. This week's guest is Howard Budden, a neuropsychologist and four-time guest on Systematic. It's great to have you back, Howard. Great to be back. Thanks. It, it's been uh, it's been about five years since we last talked, so I I'm gonna assume a lot has happened. When we last talked, you had finished your postdoc, you had opened up SC Neuro. I it, I know that's the web address. Is there a longer name for that? No, it's called uh, SC Neuro. Yeah, it's just SC Neuro. I mean, the it's a short version, sort of of South Carolina neuropsychology. Sure. Yeah, I I, I did put that together. <laughs> so just when I yeah when I was coming up with it I wanted you know I, my my wife uh, a lot of what she does involves marketing um, <laughs> branding advertising et cetera for small businesses and so you know sort of by association I, I've adopted and, and learned a lot from her and one of the things is like make it easy right yeah, yeah. Uh, you have yeah you have people who have these just horrible uh, business names and emails right that just take you an hour to type out and. I didn't want that. So yeah, I see neuro. Anything Easy. with the word neuropsychology in it would be unmarketable. Yep. It's just too hard to say. Yep. Yeah. So how's the clinic going? Um, it is going uh it is going really well by most measures. Um of course with the pandemic this past year has made things interesting in a lot of respects. Um we've had to adjust a lot for changing um, like how we deliver services, right? Um, how we see patients, uh, in addition to keeping up with the governmental and health insurance billing sure. lines, like it's, it's, it's been a lot, but, um, we, we've kept things running, kept everybody, uh, fortunately employed and, uh, have been able to keep, keep seeing patients. But, uh, yeah, we've grown, grown quite a lot in the, the last five years. I went from, a just one man operation more or less to um, hiring on uh, several employees, including a opening a second clinic, uh, hiring a, a doc doctor run that one and uh, wow. you know, fantastic support staff, office manager, et cetera. Yeah. So, yeah, that's awesome. You guys doing yeah. a lot of uh, telehealth now? Y yeah. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> in the, uh, Early early days of the pandemic, um, we we almost more we, we more or less kind of shut down, if you will, uh, for a couple of weeks and just did kind of limited telehealth as we were kind of getting that stuff set up. Yeah. Um, and now that we're sort of in the swing of things, um, we probably do. Uh, I I, I want to say like seventy percent of appointments are telehealth. Okay. Um, sort of the unofficial rule is like. We want all patients to do telehealth unless when you're calling to schedule the appointment, you know, if they say something like, what's a computer, uh, <laughs> you know, then then we'll 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 work it for an inpatient visit. But otherwise, um, you know, we try to minimize exposure like that. And for in-office visits, they're set up so that we're only we only ever have one patient in the clinic at a time um, and they're spaced far apart to give us time between patients to walk through the office and do, you know, grab the sanitation wipes and wipe everything down and um, get prepped up for the next person. So we're, we're doing our best, you know, to, to minimize the risk of transmission, um, you know, of course, being directly involved in healthcare delivery, like, and a lot of our patients being that in that older sort of more vulnerable group of 65 sure. and over, yeah. um, you know, the, the risk is higher still. So we want to, you know, protect ourselves, right? Uh, myself, my employees, as well as um, make sure that we're not, you know, uh, a, a spreader kind of node or vector. Yeah. So, so ha have the types of problems you've seen, um, have they changed with the, the pandemic? Are you seeing more certain types of stress or, I mean, there are obvious answers yeah. to that, but yeah, the the biggest one, um, as far as like, right, so so people generally are going to be more stressed out because almost almost all at once, um, all of the normal mores of our daily activities and, and so forth, right, the anchors of stability that we really fail to appreciate in daily day life, were just sort of ripped out of the ground, right. Um, so when 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 that stuff happens right people are going to get upset and stressed but sure. um we're seeing 
and, and you've seen in the last couple of months, probably a lot more articles have been popping up online about the mental health side of things um, as a result of the pandemic. Um, yeah, that's been going on here. And I've talked to other doctors or, you know, of different um, specialties around uh, around and about. And we're all seeing kind of the same thing, which is, yeah, people are coming in with really people who've never had problems before on the behavioral or cognitive side are showing up with problems um, primarily related to like attention, concentration, memory, um, and uh, heightened anxiety and symptoms of depression. Um, th those are the big ones. Um, and uh, without getting too, too long into it, you know, there's a always a relationship between your mental health and your physical and cognitive abilities sure, and health, yeah. right? Like it's easy to think of, right? If you get the flu, you're not going to be able to do the things as well as you usually do them. And if at all, yeah, it's the same thing. If you're stressed out, anxious, depressed, right? You're not going to be sleeping. You know, a lot of people have like severely disrupted sleep. Um, that has an impact on cognition. Um, and so, yeah, people just show up that are completely out of sorts or, you know, if they've been well-managed, you know, like with depressive or anxious um, conditions for years, it's all of a sudden these symptoms have just blown up out of control. And sure, yeah. It, it, yeah, it's it's the Wild West. It's like hard to manage on our end. We're kind of like, <laughs> yeah, um, the anxiety doesn't surprise me at all. But the uh, attention and memory, is that uh, correlated with anxiety or is that something specific to kind of pandemic life? Yeah, so good, good. That's a great, great question. It, it, the best way to think of it is um, like like this. Okay, so we've got to pay attention to um, things without and within. In other words, uh, if you're driving down the road, there's a lot to pay attention to, right? All the yeah. cars around you, and if you go to shift lanes, you got to look over and you know make sure there's no cars next to you, etc. Um, so you're paying attention to what's going on out in the wide world, um, but. You've also got to pay attention to the things that are in, in your head, right? Like you're on your way to the grocery store, let's say you're sure. driving, right? And you think like, oh, yeah, I need to also pick up some um, eggs, right? So you're focused on the stuff that's going on in your head and in the outside world. Now, your brain is built to rapidly shift back and forth, uh, rapidly shift attention back and forth, Um between, you know, whatever it is you need to focus on. Um, but what happens when your um, anxiety kicks up, stress kicks up really high is, you, is you're more likely to spend more and more time worrying, right? Thinking um, about what's going on right now or what's coming down the pike in the future. And so you have this buildup of thoughts that you've got to focus your uh, attention on. And, and therefore, your brain, you've got less cognitive wattage to direct to focusing on what's going on in the outside world. Yeah. Okay. Now, the, the final piece to this is that um, if you're not focused on something, um, then it's unlikely uh, or, or the chances that it makes it, whatever it is going on, the chances it makes it into memory are significantly reduced, right? Sure. Um, you know, it's like if I if I ask my kids, even I'll say like, uh, remember to put your plates away uh, after you eat. And if they're watching TV, they they go, oh, okay, okay, right. And I'll <laughs> say, what did I just say? <laughs> and they'll even characterize it as a memory thing. They'll say, I don't remember, right? But really, they just weren't paying attention. Yeah, right. So it looks like, walks like, sounds like a memory problem, um, but in fact, in so many cases. Um, it, it, it's a focus thing. And the focus problem comes from being just overwrought, overcome, overwhelmed um, with, with worry and concern for all these things we're trying to manage as adults uh, that normally come to us, you know, if not automatically, then easily enough. Um, but, but like I said, you know, all those normal sort of um, rituals and, and things we would do and, and rely on, um, we, we can't do those things as well, if at all right now. So I'm not asking you to to give any medical advice, but what right. kinds of things would you say in general, the population who by and large are suffering from heightened anxiety? What kind of stuff is is good? What kind of mindful stuff can you do to kind of deal with life right now? Oh, man. Yeah, that's the Wild West part I was talking about earlier. <laughs> sure. Um, 
you know, because it does vary so much from person to person. But gen generally, um, I, I would say, you know, number one, just kind of like being um, to use use the exact you know term mindfulness, right? Um, mo most adults are uh, pretty not great at being mindful, um, which is to say turning, you know, the turning the focus inward and saying like, well, how, how am I doing in this situation? Yeah. Right. You know, we tend to be thinking about like, what do I need to do here, here, here? Um, but paying attention to yourself and noticing like, Hey, you know, I'm boy, you know, I sure am like more irritable. Right. I'm yeah. like snapping at people and that's just not me. Right. Um, it, it's kind of a good step one. Um, you know, recognizing when you're under stress uh, and acknowledging that, right? Um, paying attention to that, um, because the uh, th that's going to impact everything around you, right? It's going to affect you know family members, coworkers, etc. Um, so be being aware of that and not um being uh, uh not not being hesitant or afraid to to reach out and seek some additional help, whether it's from your primary care doctor or um, a therapist or counselor or something like that. Cause I'll, I'll tell you if there's one, as far as healthcare delivery goes, if there's one good thing that's come out of this pandemic, um, it is that the, with, with telehealth being fairly ubiquitous now, um, the, for people to be able to access, you know, kind of like individual counseling services or something like that is a lot easier than it used to be. Right. Cause you don't have to like carve out time to drive out to go see a counselor or yeah. a therapist they're all online now they all yeah. have yeah i mean not all but you know if they want to stay in business um they've got telehealth services set up so i would say something like that would be a you know a good first start um it, you know if if it's something that's manageable for you yeah i just went to my anyone who listened to last week's episode will know that um better help started sponsoring uh, my podcasts and they mm -hmm. do online psychiatry and I'm not being paid this week to talk about it, but I did go to my first therapy session like in my life through them. And mm -hmm. yeah, it was really like, I don't know if I would have gone like, I'm not motivated to go out and set up an appointment, sit in a waiting room, go to someone's office. But if I can do it from my home, mm -hmm. yeah, that is great for me. Yeah. Yeah. And, and honestly, like <clears throat> I, I, especially for young adults who maybe have like kids and a job and all this, right. A lot going on. They're already, they're already time limited. Um, I, I was, you know, I, I've always been really hesitant to, um, refer them out for therapy or to recommend therapy because it's like, look, you're, you're already busy. Like, what am I going to do? Like tell you that the fix is to stack something else on top, right? Even if I think it might be beneficial, right. um, that, that in itself can still, you know, be, be a lot to ask somebody to take on. Yeah. But exactly. Like you said, like now you don't have to do all that stuff. Right. Um, and, and even, you know, uh, I tell you, there's, I think, I think everybody could probably benefit at some point from like a single therapy session, even right. <laughs> just to like walk in or, or, or set up an appointment just to say, Hey, uh, I just need to, um, <clears throat> open this pressure release valve yeah. for, you know, 45 minutes and, and, uh, you know, to somebody who's, uh, an unbiased, uninvested third party, right? Like yeah. there's some cathartic value in that. There's some therapeutic value in that. Yeah. That's, that's exactly what I found. <laughs> Turns out it's a good, good thing. Yeah. Uh, so as a result of, anxiety and depression and the sudden shift to work from home uh productivity has become um a heightened and in my opinion not necessarily healthy focus for a lot mm -hmm. of people that are struggling to find their footing in uh a changing landscape of work right now um mm -hmm. have so one of the topics that uh, that comes up and that I know you have some feelings on is the idea of multitasking. Mm -hmm. And uh, in general, what is your, your, can we multitask? Right. So the short answer to that question is no. Um, but I'll give you a little more. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This goes directly back. So, for, so first of all, let me, let me add to that and just say like, yeah, that as far as like what I'm seeing clinically, um, to go back to that question, the, um, boy, I, 
I would say the majority of people I'm seeing, at least of people that are gainfully employed, right, that aren't retired or whatever, um, that productivity piece, I mean, I am seeing it in, in droves these yeah. days. It's probably the, I don't know, majority of people I see, yeah, um, who are having problems with work, productivity, uh, staying on top at home, et cetera. So back to, to multitasking, at least the way that people normally think of it, right, is doing two or more things at once, right? Yeah. Um, and like like I was mentioning earlier, you know, your brain is wired to switch attention back and forth rapidly, really, really quickly and efficiently, right? Or efficiency being the right speed plus accuracy equals efficiency, right? Um, so your brain's built to do that really efficiently. Um, but what your brain can't slash won't do is dedicate 100% of focus to two things simultaneously. It can't be done, right? Yeah, that makes um, mathematical that would, sense, sure. Yeah, it's it would be akin to to like, I know analogies are often drawn between the brain and computers, and they're usually like much more flawed, I think, than than what people realize. But <laughs> if we can make that analogy for just a second, it it it, it would be um, uh, similar to um, you know simultaneous processing in a, a single core kind of processor, right? Like yeah. it's not actually happening. It's it's doing the same thing. It's swapping really, really quickly. Right. Um, so, so your brain can't do that. So we want to, you know, as I tell patients, right, like when you leave the office today, you're going to be disabused of this notion of multitasking because um, it doesn't work. And you're just going to end up, um, you know, splitting your attention too much, trying to do too many things. Uh, and instead of trying to get lots and lots and lots of stuff done, right? It's a skill. Uh, you want to try to be able to zero in on one thing and to, to the best of your ability, see that through to completion before you begin something else. Um, so, but, but yeah. What do you say to people who are suddenly faced with working in an environment where they have kids around, they have, mm -hmm. uh, they have zoom calls going on while they're trying to do work, uh, whatever additional, like for me, office work was more distracting than anything that happened at home, but I don't have kids and I've always had a quiet office and it's always been a safe space for me. And I know that a lot of people working from home are faced with almost a need to multitask now. Yep. Um, boy, yeah. The worst thing I could do is like, pitch some sort of ivory tower oh, of you know, disconnected solution and say like, well, you know, what you need to do is make sure you're not interrupted and da, 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 da. that's right. It's like you said, it, it, people are forced, right. Effectively to, um, adopt, uh, or, or, or rather uh, alter how they do things because they've got kids at home or, or, um, you know, they, they're forced to change their work because they can't go into the office and the, you know, the normal support staff or, or mechanisms are, are gone. Right. And, yeah. um, they, they've got all this stuff going on and, and the, 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 man, the, the, the simplest answer is to say, you know, sometimes I'm just sitting there like, oh, how am I supposed to solve this problem? You know, it's a boots on the ground thing. Yeah. Um, in other words, like it can be so different from one person to the next that there's not a good universal solution for it. Um, there, um, what, what I tend to, you know, on the clinical side, what I tend to look for um, uh, is is more of these um, symptomatic or clinical kind of changes. Like a, a big one, probably the most common one is. Um, people's sleep is just thrown completely off balance. Yeah. Um, either cause they're trying to stay up later to get more done or they can't fall asleep because of that anxiety piece we talked about earlier, right? Yeah. Like anxiety is a super common disruptor of sleep, right? Cause you lay down, <clears throat> you lay down in bed and, um, all the things you kind of had competing with your attention all day long are gone. Those outside environmental things, right? You're just sort of left there with the internal things to attend to in yeah. other words your thoughts right and so those kind of spiral those spin up it's like the hamster wheel mm -hmm. um and it keeps people from being able to fall asleep and or um has them you know waking up they're up and down during the night uh you know just waking up like a shot with worry about what they need to do tomorrow they didn't get done today um so kind of zeroing on things that i can address like that right like maybe we need to recommend um 
some kind of a medication intervention to help with sleep. Um, uh, maybe it's something as simple as saying like, all right, you know, carve out some time, half an hour to go on, do some exercise or a walk. Right. Yeah. Um, to, to help out with that and to help with stress relief. Um, but yeah, I tend to focus more on those clinical pieces, the, the symptoms of um, cognitive or behavioral change, as opposed to being able to, I mean, I would be overwhelmed. I mean, there's no way, you know, we could solve those pragmatic problems. Um, but yeah, I can offer some more practical solutions in addition to the clinical stuff like, okay, you know, to the best of your ability, try not to have, you know, a Skype call going on one end and, you know, TPS reports on the other. Uh, uh, and, um, but, but yeah, at, at the end of the day, it's, man, it, that's, it, that, that's been one of the hardest pieces to, to address over the past several months is trying to offer some kind of um, case by case help. But yeah. Um, so basically single task as much as you're able to, but I mean, you got to do what you got to do. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And then kind of like, you know, I, I, I've heard David Sparks use the uh, expression, right? You know, sometimes you've you've got 15 gallons of water in a 10-gallon bucket, right? Yeah. Like, what are you going to do? Um, and, and in some of these cases, really, like, it, one of the, like, people really so often, whether they come into the doctor or talking to a friend, um, what they're really looking for is validation, right? Yeah. Like, they, they want somebody to say, like, that sucks. Yeah. I'm really sorry to hear that. Right. Like that's, that's powerful medicine. Right. Yeah. Um, like we, sometimes we don't want people to offer solutions, right. Mm -hmm. we, to like to offer a solution to a problem they've never had. You know, we just need somebody to say like, man, I, I feel for you. Right. That, that sounds like that's really hard. Yeah. Um, so, you know, in addition to everything else, I mean, you know, offering that validation. Right. And it's not forced. I mean, I'm not like phoning it in. It's like, I really feel bad for him because, hey, I'm facing a lot of these challenges on my end, right? Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm working. I go home uh, in the evenings and um, have some dinner and help put the kids to bed and everything. And then usually I'm I'm back in the office uh, at 9 o'clock or so and for another couple of hours worth of work. Yeah. And that's how I manage it. Yeah, we uh... – overtired listeners will know this already, but uh, we had a kitten that we had for about nine months that we had to uh, get FIP and we had to put it to sleep. Mm. And that was like one of the hardest euthanasias I've ever been through. And honestly, out of the, uh, the outpouring of support, uh, you know, where I, where I mentioned it on social media, uh, mm -hmm. the things that mattered the most to me, the things that, that felt the best, were people that just said, Oh, wow, that's, that's horrible. That sucks. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 You don't, you, you really don't want to hear the, um, everything happens for a reason kind of oh, thing. Right? Yeah. Rainbow bridge yeah. stuff. No. Right. Right. And there's actually even been some research around that. Um, I think it was a, uh, the researchers followed a group of, um, people going through cancer treatment and, um, and they were looking at, you know, what kind of things were helpful when talking to providers or family members or whatever. And yeah, even if at first it's something you think you want, it's like after a while, you know, the research shows us in this study was like, it wears on people quickly, right? Like, I don't want to hear that things happen for a reason, right? Right. I'm sick. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah. You want that validation. Yeah. So let's switch gears yeah. and, and talk about uh, lightsabers. Okay. Tell tell me a story about lightsabers. Um, so I am a card carrying, dyed in the wool, you know, long standing Star Wars nerd, right? I have, in fact, in my, I, I have, uh, you know, a couple of Star Wars art things here in my my clinic office, and uh, even a trash can that I got when I was eight <laughs> years old, Return of the Jedi. Uh, <laughs> um. And so a few years ago, um, my wife and kids and I, we went down to Disney and, um, on, on the way out, uh, I picked up a, one of these, uh, Hasbro licensed, you know, kind of more or less screen accurate, uh, replicas of, uh, a lightsaber. And, um, just by my nature, uh, I, like I 
can't leave things alone. I have a, a an array of tools. Like I like tinkering with stuff and, and always have ever since I was a little kid, right? I'd take my toys apart. Um, so what am I going to do, right? Within a couple of months, um, I'm, I ripped the lightsaber apart and uh, go online and start looking at like, um, you know, hacking and customizing these things. And there's a whole community, uh, as you might imagine, right? <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, probably unsurprisingly, there's a, a huge, a, you know, I guess relatively anyways, a, a large community of people who do this stuff, either hobbyists or people who, you know, do it as their living, right? Um, and uh, so I started doing a lot of research and um, kind of got it back together, but in a way that was heavily customized. Right. And from there I started like started, um, down the track to where I am now, which is like, I'll, um, I don't have like a lathe or a CNC or anything, so I can't build my own hilts. So I ordered the, uh, like I'll order the, the machined hilts and, um, get, uh, get parts together. Some of them are like 3d printed. Um, but, uh, I install it with this, um, an Arduino board. Uh, this guy, uh, Frederick Hubinet, um, was the sort of uh, creator of these things. They're made in small batches, but they're just these little Arduino boards, basically, that you can use um, to power the whole thing. Uh, and uh, you can customize the code. Like, you've got to compile it and install it, right? Upload it using the Ar um, Arduino uh, IDE. Um, but you can you can make it do just amazing things. Uh, so like the blades that you put in there, they're uh, they use NeoPixel uh, for the lighting, and I think the blades I've been making have oh gosh, a little under two hundred and eighty individual pixels um, okay. in there. So it's like you can make it right. So it like when it turns on, it kind of extends outward like sure. it does in the movies, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but but you can program it to do anything, right? Like you know, rainbow kind of uh, flowing along the blade or, yeah. or uh, it mimics like clashes and uh, like uh, blaster bolt blocks, like all the things that you see them do in the movie you can make with that. Um, so it's just really fun. It's a good, um, like I always have some kind of hobby going. I usually switch every couple of years. I'll go in like full force and then switch to something else. Um, but uh, it's a good way at the end of the day, like with, the little free time I have to kind of go home and after, you know, the kids are in bed or something like that, go out there and, and tweak and work on it. Um, I have, uh, really refined my soldering skills. I'm a, a ninja with a soldering iron now. Um, these are incredibly like tiny pads. You've got to get sure. super, super small gauge wiring, but, uh, I just got a new one in the mail last week. So I'm excited to start getting to work on that have you ever seen these toys that uh you, you they're like lights that you wave through the air and in the kind of after trail it spells words yeah could you, you can do, do that do, with these that would be amazing <laughs> yeah some <laughs> some dude uh i've only I, I think i've only seen one of the videos where um some guy did it where when he waved it back and forth yeah it would spell out star wars <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> if you could make it do the opening crawl that would be amazing that would be <laughs> intense yes <laughs> so so do you find uh picking up new skills like uh soldering for example do you find that mm -hmm. beneficial overall to your kind of cognitive mental health um yeah like so if we separate out cognitive and mental health actually into <laughs> two separate pieces right um and and so you know like i said on the mental health side it's good at the end of the day just to kind of switch off and do something different um but also uh, like on the cognitive side of things i guess there's a couple of points there like as you probably have experienced or might be fully aware of right there might be a problem that you've just been slaving over and you can't solve it right yeah um you, you you get to a point of diminishing returns and you're like i'm getting nowhere and frustrated and all this and and so often the best medicine is to walk away and you know do something else and Absolutely, the problem just yeah. sort of boom yeah yeah um so it's, you know good for that just like switch off and do something different don't keep thinking about these other things over here um i was um pleased to find out that um, over the course of my training and of course, like ongoing, right. We have to do continuing education, um, in order to 
one, keep up current uh, with the latest and greatest knowledge to the benefit of our patients, hopefully, right? Yeah. Um, but but uh, also just for self-edification, uh, along the way, find that, you know, uh, as research continues to develop, we see that um, in, uh, in, in that cognitive sphere uh, that, that people, it's an interesting problem. I'll, I'll characterize it as best I can. But um, there's, there's some good evidence that people who continue to learn new skills over the course of their life um, are, we'll say, like less likely or less susceptible, uh, less likely to develop um, cognitive difficulties later in life, things like Alzheimer's disease. Yeah. Um, right. And, and it's, you know, we're not sure if it's like, okay, well, is it a top down or a bottom up thing? In other words, is the person already sort of predisposed to want to learn more things and new things, right? Autodidacts, right? Self-teach, yeah. self-taught. Um, or is it the act of learning the new thing itself that um, acts as this sort of prophylaxis protective factor against things like Alzheimer's. That part's not quite as clear, um, but there is good evidence that um, in middle age, uh, you know, 40s, 50s, et cetera, kind of adults, we see that the mastery of a new skill um, actually might um, promote the uh, like connectedness of a specific type of neuron in the yeah. brain that we previously thought were just like structural and didn't do anything. Um, so that's relatively new stuff within the last five, 10 years. Yeah. Um, has really started coming up. Yeah, actually I was reading, um, it was an article that showed, I don't remember what the article itself was about. It was about Alzheimer's in general, but, um, it mm -hmm. showed that, uh, people who, uh, switch careers, their mm. brain scan could show full-on Alzheimer's, like that big black area in the middle of the brain scan. And mm. they would display no symptoms. Like there was enough left and they had trained enough new neural pathways. Like it's all kind of theoretical right now. They're still trying to figure out why, as you say. But but it it's fascinating that that there's that much extra brain that we mm -hmm. could circumvent something as destructive as Alzheimer's. Yeah. Um, the brain, I mean, just sort of broadly, right, is a, a fascinating, fascinating thing. Um, and certainly it's what drew me into the field I'm in, you know, never a dull moment kind of thing, right? It's yeah. um, each, each patient is unique. Um, and, and, the, the, the challenges and changes that they manifest, um, it keeps you on your toes. Um, but, but yeah, the brain is, you know, you see some interesting things like, I mean, you'll, you'll see imaging studies. I'll, I'll look at imaging studies that have been done and it, you know, there's the brain looks healthy, but the person, um, behaviorally or cognitively is showing serious signs of impairment. And then you get the inverse, right. Which is like you say, it's like, uh, the image might show this really degenerated, uh, degraded brain tissue, uh, and we would expect all these problems, but clinically we we don't see that corollary, yeah. right? We don't see the clinical correlated version. Um, the it's a fascinating, fascinating topic. I think um, you know this idea of what can we do to help prevent it or stave stave off. Uh, this cognitive decline. And so, yeah, if, if something like learning new skills, mastering new skills, changing careers um, is a benefit, then um, that's really, really useful. Yeah. Uh, useful information. Um, are you familiar at all with the latest in the brain scanning technology that actually affixes magnetic sensors, like a hundred some magnetic sensors to the scalp? Um, it's like a PET scan, but yeah, I won't go into it because I don't have all the details either. But uh, it, it actually uses uh, some form of quantum computing to offer new analysis of brain function that has never been possible before. So not off the top of my head. And boy, if you're getting into like, I, I would, I'll have to go and see if I can dig some of that up because the, the quantum computing realm is in and of itself still nascent, right? Yeah. Uh, so the, yeah, the short answer is no, I'm not f super familiar with that. And 
the, probably the best reason for that is that uh, clinically, like they're they're so MRI, for example, is a much older mm-hmm. uh, or is an older um, imaging technology, and um, there are different weights that. Um, MRI can be run at. In other words, like the resolution uh, improves, like the higher the number, there's T1, T2, et cetera. Um, And it was sometime last year we, on on our listserv, somebody was sharing some images of a T11 weighted MRI, which is like not safe for use in humans basically. (laughs) Uh, But it's this just, you know, I mean, just drop dead, amazing high resolution image of the brain, nothing like I'd ever seen before. Um, but, but the point being is like the newer cutting edge research, et cetera, kind of techniques for brain imaging are the kinds that I'm least likely to see because that's not, we don't use them clinically. Oh, sure. Yeah. 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 So, but I'll have to go. I'll, I'll, yeah. I'll, I was more I'll, curious uh, if you were familiar with the up. technology, not so much like using it in your clinic or anything. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm not. I wish I could keep up with everything like that. Um, <laughs> I watch a lot of YouTube. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. it's my, I don't play video games. Uh, when I, yeah. when I need that distraction, I go and my watch history is such that, uh, Brain science and politics mm-hmm. are always in my recommended videos, and mm-hmm. uh, I, I do enjoy. Oh, and history! Like I've gotten really history. into yeah. um, pre-human or like early human history, like pre-his prehistory, like yeah. hundred yeah, hundred thousand, sure. two hundred thousand years ago. Like studying, like what the world would have been like, uh, what flora and fauna and early early man that stuff has been super fascinating to me and i found like it's we go on walks every evening um my my Mm. girlfriend and i and that's that's all i want to talk about check out um your youtube history sounds certainly similar to mine uh (laughs) but but check out uh if you haven't already run across it i mean i feel like you might have but uh pbs eons Eons, yep totally yep that's a good one almost daily i watch an eons video (laughs) love that stuff yeah I did. Yeah, that's a good one. I've got, I subscribe to that one and uh, I really a couple should, of the other PBS ones. I really should ones. like sign up, Patreon, whatever they, I watch so many of those videos. I should support them. Yeah. They have yeah, t-shirts now. Yeah. Get an Eons t-shirt. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, if you don't mind, I'm going to take a break to talk about uh, this week's sponsor. One I think you'll appreciate. Uh, right on. It's one of my favorite apps, Text Expander. If you want mm-hmm. to get ahead of your productivity for the new year, Text Expander is going to be your new best friend. Text Expander removes the repetition from your work so you can focus on things that actually matter. Say goodbye to repetitive text entry, spelling and message errors, as well as trying to remember the right thing to say at the right time. When you use Text Expander, you can say the right thing in just a few keystrokes. You, you save all of your repetitive text and you trigger it with your own whatever uh, short snippet works for you. Uh, It offers flexibility and consistency for your communications. It's better than copy and paste and better than scripts and templates. Text Expander snippets allow you to maximize your time by getting rid of the repetitive things you type while still customizing and personalizing your messages using things like fill-ins. Text Expander can be used on just about any platform in any app anywhere you type. So take your time back in the new year and increase your productivity with Text Expander. Systematic listeners get 20% off their first year. Uh, visit textexpander.com slash podcast to learn more. And a big thanks to Smile for their continued support of my work and all my podcasts. Right on. I'm just sitting here looking at my uh, text expander snippet statistics <laughs> right now. I get the monthly email yeah, yeah. Uh, stats. And um, man, there are... I forget most recent, but uh, I think my most recent was like 10 hours saved last month yeah. or something like that. See, so yeah. my, I, I, I do really advanced stuff with it. Um, I shouldn't, that sounds like I'm tooting my own horn. I just do, I, no, I no, script, no. I script things. It, it accomplishes the stats measure basically how many words I typed versus how many words it output. Yeah, yeah. But when when I'm running a script that saves me the trouble of like I have one that uh, gives uh, new licenses to marked customers who want to cross grade from the Mac App Store version. So yeah. basically, I can just type comma comma M L I C, 
and it will replace the work of verifying the the Mac App Store license, going to mm -hmm. the Paddle website, going to the license page, generating a new license, copying it, coming back to the email, writing out, here's your new license, here's where you download, pasting it in, and sending. And I can do that with mm -hmm. like five characters now. And it's, yep. it's it that saves me easily like six, seven minutes every time. And it, yeah, yeah. it doesn't think it's saving that much. So my report feels feels undervalued lighter than it should be yeah, yeah absolutely yeah it doesn't tell you that yeah it like you said it just bases it on the like here's what you did versus what you would have typed yeah strictly um yeah between i'm going to tell you like one, one of the nice things about being in private practice is that like and one of the driving factors between behind that choice was like i didn't have to um or, or rather i could set things up the way that i wanted to and thankfully i have these like amazing employees who have been very careful with i'm going to segue this into something else of interest maybe to you but um uh very careful to not super foist my system and way of doing things sure. onto them entirely that said um they they do have to learn some new tricks as it were um but yeah between text expander um keyboard maestro mm -hmm. uh launch bar Right. Like you say, to execute these things that would normally take so much more time above and beyond just simple typing. Um, like I can't imagine knowing how going through my training and knowing how other neuropsychologists and similar clinicians everywhere get their work done. I, I, I couldn't wait to start doing it my way. And I cannot imagine going back and doing it kind of the old way or the way that everybody else does. Like, I, I, I don't know how people get things done the way they do um <laughs> and i'm I, I, if i can take just a just a moment here i'm, gonna, I'm looking at the clock so i'm not gonna take too much time to make a case for marked two here just for a second um because <laughs> i read uh one of your i guess it was one of your recent posts about the um transition over to big sur yeah. right like the the roadblock you ran into about blurry pdfs and everything yeah um, and, uh, my, my clinic runs off of all Apple hardware and, um, and I've got it all except for my computer. Um, it's all set up in Jamf. So like I have, when I read that, I like immediately jumped in and changed my profiles to make sure that the operating systems would definitely not update <laughs> date because I, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I might be a little bold in saying this, but I would wager that collectively between all of us, we probably use marked two on a day by day basis more than most people. Um, because we generate my entire workflow. Like I scripted out with a bash, you know, kind of shell script that out my own, um, electronic medical uh, records management system. And, um, it's, everything is text-based. Yeah. And, and everything that goes out into the wide world is a PDF, right? So yeah. step one was make all my files readable and universal um, because most of these electronic me management uh, systems use like proprietary file types, right? Yeah. Um, and, and I didn't want that um, for various reasons that we'll get into. But, but everything that gets converted into PDF from text runs through marked two right <laughs> um <laughs> so going all the way back to the script right that that generates all the patient directories and everything like that like yeah. we hinge we're, we're hinging on that so i will get I'm, it I'm, fixed I'm, as quickly as possible i'm so pulling for you <laughs> yeah that, but in that, the meantime. that adds even more pressure but i've already <laughs> i'm beholden to a lot of people who who do i mean that is one of mark's best features is the the pdfs it can output and how yeah. easy it makes that. So I really, right. well, I'm yeah, struggling. My first, if you my make first, such a good product. My first solution didn't pan out. Um, so I'm, I'm working mm -hmm. on another. I may end up incorporating something like Prince XML to do it now. But uh, uh -huh. got to deal with OEM licensing on that. So it's coming. Uh, I'm working hard on it. Yeah, no, no pressure. Right at like I said, we're all rocking on Catalina for the time being, and and I, I mean, I wouldn't honestly since they're all production machines. You know, I don't tend to update the OS until yeah. usually at least six months out, anyways. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, I'll keep you posted. I, I I have faith. I'm not I'm not worried. I have faith, and uh, <laughs> thank you 
for making such a fantastic product. And we, and we do use the set app version. So oh, thanks for the kind words and for the, uh, the continued support that that provides. Yeah, man. Speaking of mental health, our second sponsor today is BetterHelp, professional therapy available remotely. You fill out a detailed questionnaire and BetterHelp matches you with a professional therapist that's perfect for you, licensed in the state where you live. You connect in a safe and private online environment in whatever way works for you, live calls, video calls, or even just text messages. Once you've filled out a questionnaire, you can start communicating with your counselor in under 24 hours. This isn't self-help. It's professional counseling. I have a psychiatrist to take care of all my medication needs, but I don't have great access to talk therapy, and I've been using BetterHelp for over a month now, and I've found it extremely helpful. I think it's going to continue to be really helpful for me. BetterHelp is more affordable than traditional counseling, too, and financial aid is available in many areas. In addition to my own issues like ADHD and bipolar, there are counselors who specialize in depression, stress, anger, LGBT matters, grief, sleep, trauma, just about any specific need you have. And of course, anything you share is completely confidential. I want you to start living a happier life today. So as a listener, you'll get 10% off your first month by visiting our sponsor at betterhelp.com systematic. Join over 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health. Again, that's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash systematic. All right. Well, that brings us to our top three picks. Uh, why don't you go ahead and kick it off with your first one? All right. Um, my first one is something we didn't even talk about at all, but, well, kind of gets into the vein of having to switch off every now and again. Uh, my number one pick is the Orange Micro Dark. Uh, Brett, you and I have talked before. You're you're a bass player. I'm a bass player. But um, I got a guitar, a six-string, uh, f- a couple of years ago, and I didn't have an amp. Um, and since I'm not a guitarist per se and didn't really want to go out and, you know, I didn't have justification to sink a bunch of money into an amp, I did some research and found the Orange Micro Dark. It is a, um, what they call like lunchbox style head. Yeah. Um, the power supply is an outboard kind of, um, it's not a wall wart, but it's one of the like intermediary wall warts, right? Um, the, the head literally, I think it weighs just over a pound and it's a hybrid, uh, it's a tube preamp, solid state power amp. Uh, it's got three knobs, volume gain and a tone shaping control. Um, I'm a big fan of like a minimal pathway, signal pathway. Um, I have a couple of paddles out that I use outside, but it's also got a buffered effects loop, which is fantastic. Um, and I think it retailed for, uh, like 190 bucks. Wow. It was under $200. Nice. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I originally had the little cabinet that's supposed to sort of go with it an eight inch speaker, but I recently finally, um, took the plunge and bought the orange, like single 12 inch. And okay. this thing is amazing. Like, I, I cannot be in the same room if I have it even close to turned up. Sure. Um, it's super loud, just beautiful, clean tone, great distortion. It, I mean, it's just a, a miracle of an amp. So orange micro dark. That is good to know. I, uh, I, so the, the amp I used to use when I actually played out and, and was playing bass, uh, I, I pawned for drugs a long time, a long time mm-hmm. ago. Um, so basically I had just had this practice amp, uh, for years and then kind of the advent of, uh, phone based effects boxes Mm -hmm. happened and Mm -hmm. I found like, I'm not playing out. So a lot of the, a lot of the playing I do is either into headphones or directly into my computer for recording. Um, Mm -hmm. so I haven't, I haven't needed per se an amp, but right. I have missed having an amp because sometimes you just, you want to play it loud, right? That's where it is. Yep. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Cause so I was doing the same thing know. as you. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So, and it's a good, it's a good, like, you know, fairly economical, right? Like it's mm-hmm. especially from a bang for the buck kind of perspective. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. So I have it set up in the back. I have an extra off a room in the back of my clinic. Um, and I've got my like stereo and all my LPs and CDs and stuff back there along with my bass amp and now the guitar amp. And nice. so every now and again, when I'm here in the evenings or sometimes even between patients, I can go back there and crank up for a couple of minutes. Rock and roll. Yeah. All right. What's number two? Number two is uh, a group um, from South Korea. And I saw this only recently recently. 
I, I think it was a YouTube ad, but I, I, I know I saw it on TV also. Um, it's like a, a tourism ad for South Korea. It was playing on it. And, um, and, and this tune was just like, it immediately grabbed me. So I went online and, and dug it up quickly. But the name of the um, band is Linalchi, L-E-E-N-A-L-C-H-I. Um, their band camp page I dug up, you know, started diving in and the band camp page gives a good description of them. But I mean, they're, they're not K-pop. Um, not, not like, you know, BTS and whatever. Yeah. Uh, this is more like an old, older school kind of synth based, you know, synth pads kind of yeah. pop. Um, and I mean, I just, I was enthralled with the music um, and the album, if I'm mispronouncing this, I mean, I, what am I going to do? I guess is a uh, um, but it's uh, the whole album. It's like it's a concept record, and it is telling this tale. Uh, Sugunga is a, 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 um, a, a not a parable, maybe, but a, a story. Um, and so the whole album kind of works through the the elements of the story. It's all in it's all in Korean. I mean, the lyrics aren't translated or sure. anything like that on through iTunes, but. Uh, like I said, if you look on the Bandcamp page, it kind of describes a little bit about that. So cool, uh, Linalchi. Yeah, yeah. Excellent send music. me a link. I'll check that out. Yeah, you better believe it. I will. Uh, dig it. it. Not having heard it, so this may may or may not be related. But have you ever heard the band Kite? No. If you're if you like kind of haunting synth pop, check out Kite. They're on Spotify. All right, I'm making a note right now. If you can hear their keys, uh, um. I will. Thank um, you. I actually found them because they came to play in La Crosse, Wisconsin. I think they're from they're from some Nordic country, but they had made friends with a friend of mine who has a local band here, and they had come and played a show at the warehouse in La Crosse. And it was the first time I'd ever heard them, and I was just transfixed. Uh, the lead singer's voice is ethereal, and the music is it, it's yeah. It may be one of those bands that, like, I love because of the live show that I first saw them at. You know how, know like, you, you develop associations with, mm-hmm. like, uh, olfactory senses and the lighting. And mm-hmm. but, uh, but I think I think you might. So I I am excited. I'm always. It it's hard to I don't know for a few different reasons. It's hard to discover new like good music. Um, for for me right now so i'm always like kind of on the hunt so sure i appreciate that and i will absolutely go check it out all right number three uh number three um i don't know it's kind of pedestrian in some sense and <laughs> um maybe elicit some eye rolling and another i don't know but for me uh i've got it and it's stable right now is the combination phillips hue home kit um like it one and, and the reason I dig it so much, and I, I I've had it fairly stable and set up for over a year now, I guess. Um, but like I hate overhead lights, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, and and my clinic, you know, of course, is stocked. It's just nothing came with nothing but the overhead fluorescent buses. Mm, yeah. Uh, which is the you know I think uh, pretty much everyone can agree it's just categorically the worst lighting. Yeah. Um. So I've got lamps everywhere in the office, yeah. right? Floor lamps and table lamps and everything like that. And it would just, I mean, this is first world problems, you know, no, no hate mail, please. Like, but <laughs> coming in in the mornings um, and switching on, I think it was a dozen different lamps here, <laughs> right? It yeah. was just, it only took a minute or two, right? But this was just like, oh, uh, it'd be a nice thing to eliminate. So For sure. one day I finally bit the bullet and went down to Best Buy and, um, and and just started snatching up hue bulbs and i got a um a home pod for the clinic to um keep it running as a base because home kit kind of for geofencing and so forth and, yeah. and uh, location base right you need, a, need a base going but yeah so now i have it set up where when i pull up to the clinic between x and x hours the lights are on when i walk in awesome. and they turn off when i work out i mean it was my white whale right yeah um and so that and I did the justification because I realized how much money I was spending on these damn things. Excuse me. Um, but uh, I was like, okay, two minutes a day and da 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 So it pays for itself after this time. Um, but that was a big, I don't know. That yeah. was a game changer. For so me. did you get whites or color hues? 
Um, for the clinic here, they are, um, there's the intermediary one, right? There's the one that's just like fixed white. And then there's the, um, color ones, but then there's the ones that can hue between like white and orange. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I have that one set up and, and actually I, I, I should point this out too, especially at the clinic. Cause I have them all set up in my house too. And I have a couple of color ones there. Um, but at the clinic, it is really useful cause I will get some patients who have had, um, a, a brain injury or something like that, or they have migraines and they're photophobic, right? Yeah, they're light sure. sensitive. And so for those people, um, I can automatically, I can just say, Hey, you know, uh, turn, set the lights at 50% or set this particular preset that changes the hue and the brightness of it, mm -hmm. um, to accommodate those patients. Um, and, uh, and I dig being able to do that for sure. But, uh, yeah. At the house, I've got a couple of car lights and like a strip around the TV, you know? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I just, yeah, I cool. just got a, a kit that's supposed to, I, the LEDs around the back of the TV and then it plugs into uh -huh. the HDMI and it's supposed to like chase the colors from the edge of your screen around on your wall. I have not had the, I've not had the motivation to actually set it up. I apparently paid for it years ago and it took them this long to ship the Kickstarter. No way. <laughs> but That's also how I got my, my better hacking keyboard or ultimate hacking keyboard. I, uh -huh. I bought it and then forgot about it. And then two years, maybe three years later, they shipped it. And I didn't even remember ever seeing the Kickstarter, but I got this keyboard in the mail ended up being mm -hmm. my favorite keyboard I've ever had. Uh, what a nice surprise though yeah yeah so it's kind of it's kind of like giving yourself a gift in the future but yeah yeah no lighting That's is a fantastic huge, lighting's huge for me i uh my mood is very very affected by even just lighting color so oh, yeah. i'm super picky about what bulbs i buy uh the mm -hmm. the hue bulbs the ones that are just in the white range from cool to warm um mm -hmm. are all i really need because there's really never a time i need like green or purple lights Yep. But being yep. able to shift from like a daylight down to a super warm, mm -hmm. uh, it, it's it it's huge for my mood. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I, I do it here in the morning time. I have a certain setting that's the more cool blue. And in the mm -hmm. afternoons, I switch it over to the, the warmer. Yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah. No, mission critical for sure. Um, uh, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm right there with you. Yeah, I I'd looked at Philips makes the. Uh, an, an accessory product that allows you to change the tv color light strip but it seemed impractical and it was like 200 bucks and just for the sheer ability to chase that color yeah just didn't yeah it didn't strike me as worth it so right on all right um yeah well people can find you at h button on twitter and uh scneuro.com anywhere else you want to mention um, no, nothing of any, you know, no, no, nowhere else really particular. Um, I'm, we still have that. We still have a neuropsych, uh, blog kind of website set up, but we have a buddy of mine set it up a few years ago. He and I set up a few years ago called neuropsych now, but we haven't posted to it in a couple of years because <laughs> at the time, at the time we set it up, we both were, we both had a lot more time on our hands. Um, and, uh, and now we don't. Uh, we've, we've both gotten more, uh, a lot busier, but, uh, yeah, the, yeah, the H button on Twitter uh, is, is probably the best way to, um, to, to follow me anywhere. And, uh, yeah, if anybody needs a, a neuropsychologist in South Carolina, <laughs> especially in the Charleston area where, uh, we are open and, uh, taking new patients on an ongoing basis. Are you accepting out of town, uh, tele help at all? Yeah. We see, yeah, out of town, like in person sometimes, because South Carolina is effectively like an underserved population, as we say, right? So, yeah. I mean, I've seen people from parts of Georgia and North Carolina and all over South Carolina. Do you have to be licensed in the various states to do telehealth with people? Good, good question. Um, the short answer is, according to the federal government, the short answer is that those restrictions have been relieved, um, but there's still some like insurance and billing requirements sure. that are contrary to that uh, as part of the ongoing struggle we have here in the clinic uh, or in the clinical world 
is keeping up with all these changes. Um, (laughs) uh, Like there are codes that have been added that we can bill for to account for some of the extra work we have to do over the pandemic um, that have been approved by the federal government and all the regulating agencies that insurance companies still won't allow us to bill for, right? It's weird stuff. Um, But uh, yeah, usually you do, but right now you sort of don't. um, But uh, yeah, it's case by case kind of thing. All right. Well, thanks for taking the time today. Next time you come back, you get the uh, Five Timers Club jacket. Nice, nice. So we'll all look forward to that. that. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Well, thanks again. Hey, I really appreciate it. I had a great time and it was great talking. It was uh, super fun talking to you again. Rock on. All right. Cheers. Hey, thanks for tuning in to Systematic. Check out more episodes at systematicpod.com and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app. Find me as TT Scoff on all social platforms and follow Systematic at Systemcast, S-Y-S-T-M-C-A-S-T on Twitter. Thanks for listening.